Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we're back here on a Monday. It's been a while since we've given... Let me turn my mic volume down a little bit. And we've got linebackers today, offensive line on Wednesday, and then tight ends and running backs on Friday. So we're going to cover four positions for you this week. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, I am coming to you from... Virginia, the state of lovers? That's apparently the slogan. Um, Xfinity NASCAR race was fun yesterday. Jo- uh, not Josh Berry. John Hunter Nemechek literally burned the house down. His car caught on fire. We're going to see a good cup race today. And we have three episodes for you this week. We are we are cramming in one final big week of draft previews. And, of course, we'll cap it off with a wide receiver's next week but today we got off ball linebackers how are you bobby i'm good recording a podcast 9 30 in the morning on a sunday is this the um, earliest that we've ever or that you've ever recorded a podcast in your life i don't know but being on a sunday make like that makes it like two hours earlier than it actually is mm, true um good point it was like you know it's like all saturday you know, saturday it's like gotta get up early tomorrow and Recorded podcast, and I'm excited about Justin. We got uh, linebackers today. First, this episode was brought to you by one very special person. Is David Kidde, who I I wonder if that's Micah Kidde's brother. Like, not even joking about like relationship, like relating people to their last names. Like, I I just wonder that maybe it's his dad or something. Maybe where the Kidde family goes. Patreon.com/slash Talking Giants. You know the drill. You know what's going on. You know the deal. You know the dealio. Um, patreon.com slash talking giants. I'm not even going to go into it because I want to get into off ball linebackers so bad, Bobby Skinner. All right, so let's talk about off ball linebackers, inside linebackers, stack linebackers, whatever you want to call them in today's NFL. And the Giants signing Bobby Okereke made this a much less position of need, right? Where going into the offseason, I know wide receiver was like the sexy position everyone wanted, but it was like, we desperately need a linebacker. Desperately, desperately need a linebacker. And the Giants still need linebacker help. But Okereke does give them some breathing room to come in and be their Mike linebacker. But it's a position that they can upgrade early. And and I think, more, you know, with their three seventh-round picks, I bet you one of them is going to end up being a linebacker. Like, that seems to be a position that gets drafted late and guys can turn into players. Um, you know, we saw the Giants use two of their day three picks last year on off-ball linebackers and McFadden and Beavers. So, I will say, I am frustrated with the state of linebackers in college football. This is what I tried asking you a couple weeks ago, too. And you weren't really, like, getting the question. I was asking you about, like... Is there such a thing as like Mike linebacker anymore? But go into it. I really want to hear this answer. Well, there is, but it's just the college game is like it's not breeding these guys. Like every single guy, almost every single guy we talk about is like six one or shorter, and less than like two hundred thirty pounds or you know two hundred thirty five pounds. Like there's one guy. We're gonna start it off with 
a Mike linebacker who, you know, when Mike, he's a linebacker, like when men were men type guy. Well, um, but it's just, a, it takes a lot of projecting with this position, um, including like early guys, like, you know, Drew, guys are supposed to go in the first or second round, like Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson, where it's like, you've, we've seen guys be highly touted the linebacker spot and not not perform you know and sometimes that's been on the opposite side where you take a guy like jamin davis who hey he's the size but he's not the he doesn't have the processing skills as a linebacker you know and he ends up you know being he's an average linebacker for the commanders but he's not like living up to being picked 19th overall so we'll we'll get into all of it but i will say um i i I do think it's fair to say that this is just a weak linebacker class so yes it's, it's extremely frustrating that you know, you don't have, you know, maybe more than one guy that you can point to and really say, I think that guy's going to be a Mike linebacker. And I know that this guy's going to be a good Mike linebacker, right? I think there's, I think there's multiple players here that are going to be good NFL players. It's just a matter of what their role is going to be and what scheme they go into. But I mean, even last year where you had some like, you know, guys with the, that lacked a little bit of size. You still had like Devin Lloyd, who was seen as like a highly, you know, talented player. You still had Devin Lloyd, um, no, what am I? Devin, who, give, give me names. I'm getting Nicobe names Dean. wrong. Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd. Well, um, then you saw a guy like Leo Chanel go late, end it like like pick with a comp pick in the third round. So yeah. it's it's just such a weird spot where where they are, and I I think teams are going to start adjusting to like we've tried taking these undersized guys who plays you know fast early but may not be great like at just playing linebacker in the NFL. I think it's going to transition because we've seen the last few years, the guys who succeed are your traditional linebackers. You know, right. Logan Wilson, who the Bengals uh, picked up. You know, Chad Muma with the Jaguars last year. So I think we're going to I think we're gonna see there be some transition. So the first guy we're talking about out of Iowa is flat out what you want in a linebacker and that is Jack Campbell who comes in at six foot five 249 pounds and Justin I know this guy's not like touted as some crazy athlete but he moves pretty damn well you know ran a four six five forty so that's not very uh, that's not amazing but had a 37 inch uh, vertical jump three cone drill of uh, six seven four and again he is your traditional Mike linebacker who knows a position in and out and he moves well he moves well and his strength is great, and he just brings it every play. Like, you see the power that he possesses every play without having to be a guy who has to get super fast downhill and wind up into a play. He plays technically, like, he's a technician taking on blocks. Stays square, stacks them, is able to uh, shed them, and you just see consistently, Justin, that, hey, is this going to be a guy who blows up plays to have, you know, 12 tackles for a loss in a season? No, but he's going to be one of the best linebackers and consistent linebackers that keeps your defense together and consistently in the NFL. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the frame. I mean, it's just it's rare to see in today's game. It goes with our kind of like our opening conversation, right? Awareness plus athleticism. You talk about this all the time. You know, I think we were talking about it with safeties where – you can have all the athleticism in the world, but if you don't have the awareness, if you don't have the instincts, if you don't have the football IQ to pounce on a play, to read and react to something, then it doesn't matter how much athleticism you have. Or if you do read and react to things quickly, and if you do process things quickly, even if you aren't the most athletic person in the world, it can kind of make up for it. And Jack Campbell certainly uses that patience, and then he pounces 
Um, you know, and he's not going to be over pursuing. He stays square and balanced. It's rare to see him with the shoulders turned and not ready to make like a a, a balanced uh, a, a play on a ball carrier. Um, he's always ready to to make a play. So uh, this is probably like the the freakiest thing about him, Bobby. He doesn't need to shed blocks to make a play on a ball carrier. He has the strength the football IQ to still be engaged with the blocker, make himself available enough to also make a productive run stop. And this is close to the line of scrimmage, by the way. He's not he's not allowing ground, not getting his ass kicked and then shedding a block. He will literally have one shoulder blocking, you know, with an offensive lineman engaged with him, and then he'll use another arm, another shoulder to tackle a ball carrier. It's really, really good stuff. And I agree, I wouldn't call him a playmaker, but... This is a this is the Mike linebacker that so many teams in the NFL are really looking for. Well, he's got the size, and he's again, he's just a technician for playing the run, which is what your job is to play in the NFL as a linebacker. It is your job to play the run. That is that is eighty percent of what your job is. The coverage yeah. stuff, for the most part, you're you're dropping to an area and trying to cover grass and just not trying to be a liability in coverage. But I w- we'll talk about his coverage in a second. And like you said, he's always in the right spot. There's no guessing to his game. He's got you know he is he is going to fit in the run well patiently. And again, always, always, always be in the right spot. And he's got the strength to where, like you said, there's going to be some other guys we talk about who are more fun to watch than Jack Campbell. But he just plays it where, hey, I'm going to lever this offensive lineman, like you said, get in my gap, stay square, and I'm going to make a tackle. I'm going to tackle this guy for a two-yard gain, and I'm going to get this offense off schedule. So he does that consistently. And then speaking of coverage, Justin, like I think he reroutes guys really well. And... The best coverage rep out of any of these guys we've watched is Jack Campbell intercepting C.J. Stroud, where he uses that robot technique and flips his flips his hips, gets around, and makes a you know a leaping catch uh, against Ohio State to intercept him. So again, uh, in my no, then you're going to be Fred Warner in coverage, but most guys don't aren't even if even guys who have the athletic profile of Fred Warner aren't going to be Fred Warner in coverage. To me, my question is, can you get to your zone? Can you pick up man? Can you understand what the offense is running and close windows? And that's what Jack Campbell does in coverage. Yeah, I think uh, overanalyzing linebackers and coverage is a little overrated because it kind of depends on what an NFL team is going to ask you to do. Um, are they going to ask you to be Fred Warner? Um, even you know, the Colts asked Bobby Okereke to you know cover some you know difficult assignments. Um, so... I think it's a little overrated just to overanalyze it because I know a lot of people like to talk about it. Um, you know, we were even talking about a little bit of lack of athleticism. I forgot to mention this. 6.743 cone, 4.24 short shuttle were number one among linebackers at the Combine. Uh, Joe Shane likes to talk about smart, tough, dependable. Uh, he's a two-year captain. Coaches speak on his toughness, his work ethic and practice, and his selflessness. 143 and 128 tackles over the last two years, um, you know, some stats, and then 15 career pass deflections, eight in 2021 alone, and you don't see a lot of off-ball linebackers that make plays like that, and we didn't mention his age. He's 22, turning 23 in the month of August. Yeah, that's the one nice thing about this linebacker group, outside of uh, Diane, uh, Diane Henley, basically they're mo- they're mostly pretty damn young. Um, so, like, you, I, I like that you mentioned... Um, his three cone drill in a short shuttle because for the 40, 40 time, he had the second worst out of linebackers in the combine, which is obviously good. But 
when you're playing the run, yeah, sideline to sideline speed absolutely matters. And I think he does a good job processing and getting to the sideline, which makes you play faster than your 40 time. But within the box, he moves really well. And that shows up in those three cone drill and the 20 yard shuttle. So um, I like this guy. So he's, I see most people put him behind Sanders and Simpson. To me, he's the best linebacker in the class. He's the only one who I think is like a Sanders is like a borderline first first rounder. Campbell to me is like I solidify. I think this guy's worth a late first round pick. Yeah, there's projection with those two guys, and we'll talk about them both on this episode. But there's just there's projection. He's my pick, Justin, because it's like I think this guy is worth of a first round pick. Yeah, if he falls to fifty seven, which I think there is a chance that that happens, then he's like he's my pick. Because I'm telling you, Leo Chanel dropping to where he did last year, it's teams, we'll see. When when will teams kind of readjust the way they view linebacker? Will it be this year? Because if they if they view linebacker the way they did last year, Jack Campbell will probably be there at pick 57. Yeah, and it's also a question of will teams, and then also how do the Giants view it? Because we know the Giants, they like their athletes. They like guys that run fast, and I think they may. I'm not going to say that they're going to prioritize like Drew Sanders, um, you know, with with a you know taking an off ball linebacker with that high of a pick. But I have a feeling that in the building they value an athlete like that versus a football player like Jack Campbell is, and I kind of do disagree with that. With specifically this Mike linebacker spot, your weak side backer, your will. I want them to be the best athlete in the world. You can run sideline to sideline and attack, attack, attack. But my Mike linebacker, I don't need to be the best athlete in the world. But I don't know if Giants, if the Giants, Joe Shane, and maybe even Wink Martindale, I don't know if they see it like that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like, like even going back to Buffalo, where they have a Matt Milano, who's the all-pro, and the Tremaine Edmonds, who's the high draft pick, the better athlete. But it's like Milano's, Milano's the better linebacker. You know, and I'm not saying Okereke is going to get to Edmonds, but and Campbell will get to Matt Milano. But it would be nice to kind of have that dynamic of Campbell and, and Okereke next to each other. For sure. Um, and I know, like you said, I know they're not. Wink Martindale likes to run dime. It's more than, you know, any coach in the NFL. So you're not going to have two linebackers on the field as much. But it's it's like it's like the whole. Oh, this team runs the most ten personnel. Okay, that makes up like five percent of the plays. <laughs> yeah. Like you're 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 running with tight ends on the field, ninety five. So like I remember when the Giants hired Brian Dable, it's like they ran no ten personnel the last two years. Brian Dable ran the most. It's like yeah, oh I, yeah, I, but I talked still, about that a little bit. That's yeah. still the difference of like fifty plays. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like almost every game. The Giants were playing both their linebackers on the field a ton for the the Giants. And that was with horrible linebackers, like worst linebacker play in the NFL. So imagine if they had two good ones. I'm sure they would like to get Tony Jefferson off the field a little more if they had Jack Campbell and Bobby O'Karake. So, The next guy, I do like this next guy, and it's Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders. And he's flawed, Um, Justin. And he transferred to Arkansas out of Alabama, and he's – New to the stack linebacker position. Like, really only has one year where he played edge uh, with Alabama. And he racked up numbers. Had 103 tackles, 9.5 sacks, 13.5 tackles for loss and interception. He is a raw athlete who flies around the field. And like I said, rack up, racks up stackles. He's racking Willie, rack ball. Um, and again, he has the speed and burst 
to just continuously make plays for him. He plays quick and downhill. I think he follows his keys in in, in the run game pretty well. Um, there's times where he can overplay it, but for the most part, he's in good position. Justin, he needs to add weight and strength. You know, he doesn't really bring pop to blocks or tackles, even though if he gets some momentum, he'll fire into them. But you're not going to play like that consistently in the NFL. Here's why I'm excited about him more so than other linebackers who kind of fit the mold that he is. One, he's new to the position, but he plays fast. You know, we're going to talk about a guy like Simpson. Like he has, there's no hesitation in in the box uh, with Drew Sanders. Like there's times where he'll he'll lose and. He really needs to improve as a tackler too, and it shows up like strength wise, and he'll yeah. just miss tackles too. So there's a lot of growth that goes into his game, but he's someone that I'd be willing to bet turns into a good linebacker because there again, there's newness to the position, and the newness isn't hesitation. It's if anything, it's more like let's temper that aggression a little bit sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Drew Sanders is fun, and uh, if you wanna. If you want to start a drinking game for this Talking Giants episode, uh, uh, take a drink every time that we say that a linebacker needs to uh, add size and strength to his game for the rest of this episode. Um, you'll be really buzzed uh, <laughs> by the end of it. Um, everything about his game is quick. Uh, quick and shifty feet, quick hands. Uh, Drew Sanders, by the way, 22 turning 23 in the month of December. I want to talk about how he actually uses his hands because I think out of everybody that we're talking about, Bobby... I think he uses his hands the best. I mean, I, and we I, I didn't mention this about Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell doesn't even use his hands. I think that is coachable, by the way. I think that's easily you can kind of coach that in. But Drew Sanders naturally, and I think this comes from his former experience as an edge rusher at Alabama, you know, kind of just that instinct of I'm gonna I'm maybe gonna swipe and shed every once in a while, or I'm gonna utilize a swim move here. Um, it, it's it's fun and it's cool and it works for Drew Sanders because of how quick he is, because of how quick he can also use his hands. Shoots and shimmies. So this is something I want to talk about too. I want to talk about his lateral movement. And Ivan Pace Jr. falls in this category too of he just shimmies into trying gaps. Trying to slip blocks rather than yeah. take on blocks. Yeah, and that's the word that I just kept using. You know, Scout Justin, he just shimmies into and fills gaps ready to make plays on the ball carrier, and he really works best laterally. He has knockback power as a blitzer um, and comes in with such a head of steam. 39 pressures he registered. Fires off. Yeah, 39 pressures registered. Um, 39 pressures on the season. He registered a pressure in every game except one. Nine games of three-plus pressures. Um, so out of all the guys we're talking about today, Drew Sanders, like I said, he uses his hands by the, uh, he uses his hands the best by far. In this kind of new age NFL Mike linebacker, kind of like we're talking about, Bobby, does he project as a possible Mike in the NFL, or do you think he like he's got to be a weak side? Yeah, yeah. You got to just got let the, him rock and roll. He's got the size. He's got the ability to add weight and still play fast. Um, and with pass rush, uh, obviously he's got like the lateral moves, but you can't live off lateral moves in the NFL. Um, but like you said, he brings knockback power. Like he will fire into offensive linemen's chest and and be able to you know push the pocket. And then when guys are waiting for that, that's when you can use a lateral ability. When you're a guy who works off of just slipping blocks and only lateral ability, well, you're going to be game planned against, and it's not going to work. But I think that's why I like him too. Is like he kind of has that ability to hey, he's going to slip gas, but uh, in in the run and pass rush situations, 
But there's going to be times where he takes you on and he's going to fire, try and fire into your chest and, and uh, deconstruct whatever block you got coming at him. So he plays quick, downhill, um, and I think he follows his keys in, in the run pretty well. Um, yeah, absolutely. But he does need to kind of clean up the, the missed tackles. Uh, 18% career missed tackle rate. Um, I think there's a lack of confidence in pursuit angles in the open field. And then, you know, kind of maybe when you have that little bit of lack of confidence, you know, you're not entering the ball carrier at a good spot and then you're missing a tackle. So and he, he um, goes too low. That up. He, yeah. Go, yeah, he, he tries to, you know, ankle tackle. Guys. I, call, yeah, I call it ankle diving. And and also like he like running backs are going to fall forward against Drew Sanders. And where it's like this guy obviously needs to add mass. Um, you know, like you don't see that with some of the other guys we're going to talk about who need the, who are a little light because they're in smaller frames where drew sanders is six four so when you're six four and like guys are going to get under your pads and again be able to move forward um i want to talk about him in coverage because he's different than any of the other guys so there's some awesome plays um he also needs to be coached up a lot because there's way too many times where he is out of place where he's almost like aggressive and on some key downs like some third and longs where it's like man you need to be like you need to be smarter about this. You got to know. You have to have some awareness of what the offense is tr- doing, and they were able to get him out of place, and they're converting, like you know, third and longs, uh, you know, turning plays into touchdowns. So again, like we talk about with these linebackers, a lot of them are just spot dropping, which can be boring. With Sanders, there's some really good stuff in coverage too, but it's like he needs to be coached up on a lot because he will be, he will be, he will be picked on. Like we said, with linebackers, coverage can be a little overrated. For the most part, you're spot dropping and playing a zone. But if you play the way Drew Sanders played at Arkansas in the NFL, he's going to be a linebacker where you go into a week and say, "We're going to pick on this guy. We're going to we're going to we're going to go after this guy, especially on third down. Like on th- on third down, we're looking for him on the field and trying to get him out of place." So what's your grade? Uh high second, first round talent, high second round pick. I can get down with that. Like, there's obviously flaws, but like, there's there's so much positive about his game that I'm I'm, I'm in on Drew Sanders. Like, I'm 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 in on Drew Sanders. Um, again, I have him second out of the linebackers after Jack Campbell, but I think he's he's definitely worth a high yeah. second round pick. And he's a playmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you again watch the linebackers of the past years to see how well they've converted to the nfl there's going to be some growth there that's going to be needed but he's going to be a playmaker for our team and i hope he does grow into because he's a fun player to watch all right next on this list is probably the guy i'm like the most off on compared to what other people view of him and that's clemson linebacker trenton simpson who's six foot two 235 pounds hell of an athlete right ran a 4-4-3-40 25 bench press reps and he's only got like one true year as a stack linebacker. Like he played that split, uh, like star linebacker role for Clemson before this year. Um, he really struggles into the run, and it's not just like oh, does he have the size or the strength? It's like he doesn't know how to play the run in the box. Um, like he's got slow instincts. He's uh, a bad processor. There's times where he even versus like even just versus zone runs where it's like very easy keys to read. He will miss his gaps in those plays and he just allows offensive linemen to climb to his chest completely. And he, at the point of attack, he's not able to disengage and he just kind of gets worked. 
So we'll, there is awesome coverage ability. Awesome coverage ability. Like yep. best coverage linebacker in this class. Like great instincts and recognition. Reads QB's eyes. Like you put him in man coverage, he's going to do well. Uh, you know, he can, he can stay in the hip of tight ends. But again, a linebacker's job is to stop the run. And Trenton Simpson is bad at that job. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I was hoping to see more from Simpson. I kind of turned it on, and I'm like, okay, well, a lot of people like Trenton Simpson, so I wanted to I wanted to be wowed a little bit more. But he is 21, turning 22, so he is relatively young. I think he has both inside and outside linebacker experience. And yeah, he's he only that. had one year as a full time starter as an off ball linebacker. Well, he so, played that split linebacker role last year, which, again, is linebacker. It's not like he's playing edge, like he's playing linebacker. Um, but getting him into the box, which is like where he's going to play in the NFL. Again, if you're like we talked about with Sanders, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to struggle at the point of attack sometimes. I can deal with that. We can work with that. But a guy who is totally hesitant, allows blocks to get into his chest, and is just flat out a negative in the run game. Like, Drew Sanders was not a negative in the run game. He had negative plays, but he wasn't a negative. Trenton Simpson is a negative defender in the run game. Yeah. So it's like, what do you what do you do with that guy? Like, yeah. you, that's to me, that's not a set. That's not a high second round pick. That's a third. That's a third round pick, despite because of the talent that he has. Yeah. Um. You know, if you think that you can coach him up to become more aware, read and react quicker, then he'll obviously make an impact in the league. Um, you know, coaches at Clemson did rely on his versatility for two years as a starter, kind of putting him anywhere and everywhere. Um, but overall awareness is needed for Simpson to just improve. But he is a great athlete. I mean, r- regardless, like this is going to be a guy and I really and he's great I, in coverage, too. He's not yeah, just fast. Yeah, uh, and I, I started to put down this note as, you know, I prioritize explosive plays more on offense. Well, on defense, you need to stop explosive plays. So. I think this is going to be a guy that's going to save big plays with this speed and chase down ability. You know, he may even help turn, you know, maybe a, you know, a, a run that is bound to go 25 yards. He'll keep it at 10. I mean, even that's important and that's significant too. You mentioned how he, you know, he didn't just jump routes on like tight ends. There were some like plays where I saw where he was like up, up against like wide receivers where he's jumping on and he's making pass deflections um, there too. So there's strengths to Simpson's game for sure. But you you could, like I said, kind of to start the show, you can be a really good athlete. um, But if you don't have that awareness, especially in the run game, because that's what you're primarily responsible for as a linebacker, um, you know, you can have all the athleticism in the world, but if you don't have the awareness, you will get exposed, especially in the NFL and smart coaches will expose you. Yeah. And again, like slow instincts, in the run game, like bad processing, bad taking on blocks, and again, like even the, like you can't miss gaps versus zone versus zone. You can't. You cannot be out of place versus zone. It's you flow with the step. You know your gap. You play it. And there was times where he just flat out missed it versus zone, which is which is really bad and leads to huge, huge, huge runs. It's how it's you know when you're game planning week seven versus Trenton Simpson's defense. You're like, hey, we're gonna run at this guy. We're gonna we are gonna run at this guy, and that will be the game plan against Trenton Simpson is to yeah. run at him because he is he's an issue. So obviously he has all the athletic ability in the world. Uh he's never gonna be some strong, like taking on offensive lineman linebacker, but if he can play smarter, play with better instincts and, and process better, 
He can become a good run defender. Like I said, never going to be Jack Campbell, but that's like, but it needs so, so much growth that that's why I view him as like a high third round pick. Because despite all the athletic ability, despite the first round talent, I, I'm not, I'm not betting on him becoming, uh, some awesome linebacker. Like I'd be willing to bet on him becoming a solid linebacker, maybe, and I'm drafting that guy at that at the top 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 of the third. Maybe this could be a huge whiff on me, um, but like I, I just I can't justify taking him in the first forty five picks. Well, Bobby, there's going to be better players out there. Well, Bobby, it's a shame you don't want to bet on Trenton Simpson, but. You can bet with DraftKings because the baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. Man, that was a really good radio transition. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I want you to join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with code WORLD. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code WORLD. Bobby Skinner, you will certainly be glad you did. Be glad you did. All right, next is the most interesting player in the entire draft and a guy I'm rooting for. And that is Cincinnati linebacker Ivan Pace Jr., who's five foot ten and a half. My man is short, two hundred thirty-one pounds though, so he he stacks up with weight as long as with these guys in like thirty and a quarter inch arms. So, you know, he's got the weight and arm length to play. And he's this yoked. past year, after transferring from Miami of Ohio to Cincinnati, he had one hundred thirty-six tackles, so over ten tackles per game, nine sacks, twenty and a half tackles for a loss. My man was given free reign to be a downhill playmaking linebacker, and that's what he did, and he wreaked havoc, wreaked havoc for offenses. Justin, he may not have, like, the best testing speed, but he plays faster than anybody on, on this list. Like, he has plays fast with good bursts of the ball, and his lateral ability, his ability to slip blocks yep. is unmatched. It's, be- it's better than anybody in this class. And he just consistently beats blocks with that lateral quickness, um, and I think he plays stronger than the than the size allows him. Like I think he can get under some guys' pads and, and throw blocks off them better than guys who are six foot. You know, guys who are six foot three in this class. The question, the the difficulty in it is one: the size absolutely matters. That's un, that's got to be the one percentile of of size and. Does that playing style translate to the NFL? Yeah, projection. Because you're not going to get free reign to just run all over the place and pass rush. Um, and, like, there's no coach who's going to be like, hey, go ahead, undercut blocks instead of staying true to your gap because you're not going to play that way. And teams are like, it's, it's the NFL. It's a different it's a different beast. So I love Ivan Pace Jr. I hope he succeeds in the NFL, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, this is the ultimate conversation of fun versus practical and you know playing the game of football, right? Um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you some stats too. 180 pass rush snaps. Uh, this is according to PFF. 
55 pressures, 18 QB hits is crazy. Led all off-ball linebackers in pressures in the FBS. He's the only player in college football to register at least 20 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, and three forced fumbles in 2022. I talked about Drew Sanders and his shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Well, Ivan Pace Jr. has got the same thing with that lateral movement. Um, he'll even go lower. So it's the thing is not, you know, he'll, he'll shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. He's got great dip. But he'll like go. I've seen some plays where it's like, how it, this shouldn't be possible. You shouldn't be allowed to do that with your body. He'll go low to avoid blocks. And then how he'll attack ball carriers is he'll grab. And this is in the box, by the way. This isn't this isn't in the open field grabbing ankles, being an ankle diver in the box. He'll go low, avoid those blocks, grab some ankles, wait for the rest of the party and the defense to show up to get that ball carrier down. Um, he was used a lot as a QB spy. You know, and Cincinnati did a very good job of he he was at Miami, Ohio for the last couple of years. Uh, Cincinnati did a very, very good job with uh, Ivan Pace Jr., 22, turning 23 in the month of December. Did a very good job with him. You know, they didn't just ask him to be like your prototypical Mike linebacker. You know, they they asked him to kind of just do what he Rush does. Rush the well. passer and play with free reign in the run game. So just yeah. go, go, go. Like, yeah. just don't get blocked. It's like, well, don't, don't stress about playing the right gap. Obviously, you want you, but like. Your goal is to not get blocked, even whether that's undercutting or playing over the top, and rush the passer. Yeah. Like, so he did like they didn't put him in coverage a ton. Like he's, I think he needs better idea ability and in, in coverage, but it's fine. Um, I do think again, that's where he could find a role right away in the NFL, though. This is a very niche, niche role, but in, in a league where the most efficient play in football is a QB is a, when a QB drops back to pass and then runs the ball. A QB spy. You know, if it's a third and long and you're playing Lamar Jackson, you know, if you're if you're in the if you're in the NFC West and you got Herbert and you got Mahomes in that in that division, and those guys Russell Wilson and those guys will take off and run and they will get first downs like it's nothing, then you know it, it Ivan Pace Jr. could maybe serve a purpose there right away in the NFL. Hey, just spy this quarterback. It's it's very, very niche, very, very specific. Um he was the fastest linebacker on the GPS at the Senior Bowl. He was named the Senior Bowl MVP for the national team by his peers. He is a wrestling champion in high school, which apparently that if you were like, or if you're a former wrestler, you're just like a good NFL player. If you want your kid to play in the NFL, have him wrestle because it sure. like actually matters. But carving, but carving a role in the NFL will be, will is a, is a difficult task, at least for myself. Yeah. It's just the size and the play styles. Like you, you're not going to be able to do that consistently in the NFL. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I want him to be good. Like I, if there's, I am rooting for this guy, like whoever drafts Ivan Pace Jr. It's going to be a fun, fun preseason with him. Cause he's going to make plays with him and you're going to be calling for him to start, start, start. And then you might start. And then you might be a little like, ah, oh, shit. This, <laughs> like, th- like that, th- that's my fear of the Ivan Pace Jr. So, but obviously, with that, like that stuff, hopefully, he can catch on on special teams and and carve out a role for him because, you know, there's there also is a you know a, a debate on hey, could a guy put you out of place sometimes? But if he creates enough negative plays, is it worth it? Type right. of guy, and I think Ivan Pace Jr. falls into that. Um, and I, again, we talk about him being sized. You think this is a guy who gets bullied by offensive linemen? No, he doesn't. Like he doesn't get bullied like the way Trenton Simpson does. Like he gets into guys' chests with good leverage and he's strong. And like there's times where he's like he's stacking and shedding. 
right? Like he's not in the most traditional way. He's kind of like, you know, jacking up guys from from getting lower than them. But like he does that type of stuff, but it's just uh, it's going to be tough to translate. But again, like I round 5 like and I and I have him as a uh, like end of the third round pick. Well, it'll be interesting to see where he goes cuz but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right, next on this list, I think, is a guy who is maybe overrated some by some people and underrated by others, and that's Texas linebacker DeMarvin Overshone. And I like I like Overshone, who's six foot three, two hundred and twenty nine pounds, um, awesome athlete, man, and he flies around the field. They lined him up all over, uh, and his change of direction is just top notch, and he's consistently getting to the ball. Like he's got the lateral ability that the other guys we've talked about. Um, and he actually was used well as a pass rusher doing that stuff. Um, and I think playing the run game in the box, like he's got a good IQ for it. Like he fits in the run well. He's not over aggressive or put out of place. Um, and if you get him like moving forward, which he does well, he stacks and sheds blocks. Like he, he knows how to deconstruct a block pretty well. Um, I think like a lot, so a lot of these guys are talking about like they like to slip the blocks. They like to slip the blocks, you know, like, you know, use their lateral ability. With Overshone, it's like he can almost do that a little more, you know. Like he's he's taking these guys on physically. You can almost like, hey, you can slip these blocks more more often. Like bring that balance to your game. And that's why I like Overshone so much. Um, and he's a big, big hitter too. Like he plays str- uh, strength-wise. Overshone is the weirdest player where we just talked about like he's physical in the box. He can play the run. His biggest negative I see is out on the corners where he'll get bullied. Like he'll fullbacks or tight ends who are moving in space and pick and taking him on, he will get flat out bullied. But going against guards and tackles, he'll hold up just fine. He's a very interesting player who I, I think he kn- knows what he is and he plays within that. I, I like Overshone, man. I think this guy's going to grow into a good linebacker. Yeah, he's 22 turning 23 in the month of August. Very effective blitzer, especially running stunts. He had 23 pressures, 5 QB hits, and 89 pass rush snaps, according to PFF, which is pretty darn good. Uh, Former safety. I don't know if you knew that, Bobby. You like guys that change positions. Former safety who moves like one and has the range like one. Change of direction and speed are there. He's a C-ball, get-ball kind of player he's long and I think he can use you know he uses his arm length to separate from offensive linemen showed great improvement this is what I also like to see sometimes too um showed great improvement from 2021 to 2022 um I will say he did um I will say about you know kind of you know being beat kind of like out on the perimeter I kind of think that's like a I think that's kind of like a confidence thing I think if you if there's a coaching if there's a coaching staff that can get him confident and aware enough i think overshone could develop into a solid will possibly early in his career get stronger get more aware why not i think he's going to be able to contribute on special teams early on 472 special team snaps in his career um played both sam and will in 2022 but like i said i think you know just based on this guy's size and that he's fast i think he fits at the will what do you think yeah absolutely um trivia which mock draft did I take to Marvin Overshone in? Wasn't it was um was it like the first one? Was it the way shit? Was it mid season? Mid season mock draft. This in the middle Be of the specific. season. The this this mid season mock draft. Nope, the two thousand and twenty one mid season. Oh, mock draft. you thought he was gonna come out and he didn't. Okay, came, 
came out. He did a Cedric Van Pran to me. I should have um, known that when you said be specific, I should have known to go back further. Yeah, you should be more specific. Be more specific. Um, Coverage-wise, I think he's fine. And, man, he's got to get better, though, Justin, because he overplays. He overplays it, or he'll try and undercut it, and he'll leave him, like, killed, you know? And that's type of stuff where with um, when you're covering a running back in man coverage, you're, you're basically, like, your goal is to stop him from getting a 20-yard play off of it. And Overshone will allow you to do that. So, Overshone, for where he's being projected and value-wise, out of the guys we're talking about, he's the one I want. Sure. Because I think I, I want this coaching staff to get his hands on him. He, he's less responsibility now that we signed Bobby Okereke. Um, Like, I'm looking at Pro Football Network... They have him as their 108th player, which is the start of the fourth round. Uh, I, I mean, I view him as as a as a top of the third round player. Um, so for he is out of these out of all these guys, it's like all right, matching value project where he's projected to go. Overshone is the one I want. Like obviously, Jack Campbell and Sanders, I think, are better players, but over Overshone is the one I want. Yeah, I'm with you with viewing this off ball, you know, inside linebacker position that way in this draft. I don't I don't think the Giants are gonna spend kind of a maybe a top one hundred or a premium pick on it, but they certainly do need to add to that position and Overshone can certainly fit into that category. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over twenty eight million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. Justin Listeners, you guys have to go to a Devils game for me. The Devils Rangers schedule came out, Justin. Yeah, it's tough. I'm I'm upset for you. It is my personal hell. Game one is on a recording night, Tuesday night this week. We'll we'll I think we'll try and work around it. Hopefully, um, game two on a Thursday night, a recording night. Game three is on a Saturday night. I'm usually out Saturday nights with uh with friends. Um, and not like bars where you're watching games, just like hanging out. And if I'm like on my phone watching hockey, I'm a weirdo. Game four, Monday night as I'm on the plane. All right, so, but I kind of expected, you know, there's two days. In hockey, it's like a every other day. Like they don't really give them two day breaks. So I'm on the plane to New York Monday night while they're playing the game. And I'm thinking, all right, Wednesday night, we're going to record our mock draft pod, though. And I'm going to go to a Devils playoff game. Very excited about that. They give them a two-day break, and then they play Thursday night, the night of the draft. Why would they put Rangers-Devils the night of the draft? That's really bad. And then they play Saturday night, the night of the draft. And then I'm, and then, uh, and then they play Monday night when I'm flying back home to Florida. Like, there's the schedule is my personal hell. Like, I can't, it's so, so frustrating that they did that to me. But... You guys should go. And there's uh, it's going to be an awesome series. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They always want to make sure that you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Uh, green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek is the only site that let you turn, return to your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. Wow, that's new. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS. For $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. 
you'll be glad you did. Um, and I'm looking at the uh, the uh, the Sixers net schedule, which it's like I don't even like. Obviously, I want to go to next don't go playoff. To that. Don't go to that. Well, why not? <laughs> well, I could tell, I could tell you, I could tell you four good reasons why not. I know we suck, but it's like <laughs> I they're still my team. But it's probably going to be over by time I'm in. Like yeah, those are the, those are the we four might good win reasons. one game. Like we had. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Who's that? Right, uh, who, who's that? Uh, Bridges. Uh, that's the Mikhail Kevin Durant. Bridges. He's really it's, good. It's the Imagine, Kevin Durant we uh we always thought I we would get. Can't believe the Sixers traded him. What an idiot. Next on this list, Diane Henley. Or nope. Diane, not nope. Diane. Nope. How about this, Bobby? Dayon. Dayon Henley, 6'1", 225 pounds from Washington State, 23, turning 24 in the month of November. The oldest Dion, guy on the list. Di- Day- no, I just did it. Shit. Dayon Henley. Dayon, night Dayon. off. That is how Dayon, it's... Dayon, uh, night off. Justin, he is a, a fast, and I'm going to say a wannabe physical linebacker, which I like, who can develop into a player. Like, he's got the good speed that shows up without having to, like, sell out. Um, and his strength is average, but he plays the game like a strong linebacker. And again, like, I like that because it's like, okay, you're not trying to, you know, be a call necessarily a called superstar. You're trying to be a good linebacker. Um, and he, like, he gets downhill while keeping his shoulders square and he can play through those blocks and rip through them without, again, like having to turn his hips and try and, you know, slip a block and make offensive linemen, uh, look silly. So he's just got a willingness to take on blockers. Um, but he's just got to get better as a processor. Like he's inconsistent, but he plays with solid instincts. Um, and just, I like the way he plays physically. He's not really up to it at this point. So he's, he's got to add, you know, more strength and technique to that. But again, this is a guy who takes on blocks, keeps his shoulder squares and will win with angles. Um, and will work to stack and shed guys. Um, so, uh, day on Henley. I think this is a guy who will be – I think this guy's going to be a, a linebacker who flirts with, like, the start, the starting second linebacker and first backup for a while in the NFL. Yeah, sure. Um, Dayon Henley plays fast and hard. Good job diagnosing plays, uh, reacting. He has a long wingspan and long arms, which which helps, you know, when we talk about shedding going up against offense alignment. Very low missed tackle rate, 5.2% in 2022. That kind of surprises me because – I think he's a hugger and approaches ball carriage a little high at times. Um, you know, he, he raps, but it's not like a drive and rap. But, you know, he low miss tackle rate. I'll take it. Switching positions alert. You ready for this, Bobby? 2017 at Nevada, wide receiver. 2018 at Nevada, wide receiver slash nickel cornerback. 2019. Moved to safety slash nickel cornerback full-time, but four games in had a season-ending injury. 2020 at Nevada. Finally moved to linebacker, not a full-time starter. 2021 at Nevada, linebacker. 2022, full-time starter at linebacker at Washington State. Isn't that... 2022, he said, I am so sick of Nevada moving me around. I'm going to Washington (laughs) State. Isn't that... This is your dream prospect. He's played one, two, three... Like, four different positions. And again, he's played a linebacker. Like, he plays the position with a better understanding than than most other guys. Um, and I think that's why there's there's 
room for growth there. Uh, you know, because like you said, he is new to the position. But again, he's not this new to the position who's just flying around, you know, trying to undercut people. It's like, no, he's taking on blocks. He's stacking and he's working the stack and shed. You know, if he's got an angle, he's not he's not getting low and trying to jump around it. He's like, no, he's keeping his shoulder squares and getting through it. So, um, and like I said, he's that's why I like him because I think he's got good instincts, but he can be an inconsistent processor. Well, again, he's fairly new to the position. You know, he's had to play a lot of different hats um, in his college career. So, despite him being the oldest guy on this list, I I think there's. A guy who can de- I, I think he's going to last in the NFL as a linebacker. Like I don't, not, I don't think he's ever going to be a star or anything, but I think he's going to last in the NFL as a linebacker. Yeah, six hundred and thirty special team snaps in college. So if, you know, if you play special teams, you can last a little bit in the NFL. Seems like he's just like a whatever I got to do to get on the field kind of guy. And I think NFL coaches will will fall in love with him, even even if he's a little older. You know, kind of take him with the expectation that he may not play right away. Let's develop you a little bit. Uh, let's get that football IQ up. You know, you already have kind of like the athleticism. You already play a little bit hard. But if you're going to be fit for what Wink Martindale wants in a lot and that yeah. will next to Okereke. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a hard worker and, you know, you're going to be you know a good guy to be around and you're going to put the effort in, uh, I think NFL teams will like that. Yeah. Um, I've got him as a end of the third round guy. Oh, that's 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 high. It's kind of high. I see people have him as like a second rounder. Ooh. Next on this list, Owen Papo, linebacker out of Auburn. I've been hearing this guy's name for a couple of years. Six foot, two hundred twenty-five pounds. Ran a four three nine forty. Was that the fastest for linebackers? Let me double check. I yes, it was. Have it? it yes, was. it was. Faster and his Trent. uh, faster his, than Trenton Simpson. His four three nine forty yard dash, one point five ten yard split, and twenty nine bench press reps were number one among linebackers at the scouting combine. Twenty nine bench press reps with a four three nine forty. Obviously, he's undersized at six foot, two hundred twenty-five pounds. Um, but he has elite speed, and it shows up in coverage. It shows up in sideline, the sideline uh, stuff. But sound, we sound like a broken record. Strong, but needs to add some weight to play strong. Like he needs to add some stuff like that. Here's the issue with Owen Papa. With all that speed, out of all these guys on this list, he is the slowest processor. Yeah, and he is very idle at the snap and he lets blockers just come into his frame um and there's no instinctive plays like again there's a a lack of like with his speed it's like even even makes him out of place plays they don't happen like there's just a lack of instincts where it's like the ball snapped and it's like you know the the blood ain't moved in two years me um got good lateral skills when he does use them um and his coverage IQ is elite, though. Like when it's cr- it's crazy how someone could be so like smart in coverage and in the run game, it's just like he's frozen. Like he's physical, he picks things up. His man coverage is awesome. Like a choice route, which is like the hardest thing to cover, which is like the running back coming out and it's like, all right, I could break out or I could break in. He covers those amazing. Like he is awesome in man coverage. Like this guy is a weapon, a weapon in coverage. But we're not talking about a guy who is, you know, slow processor, but he has instincts and make play and get like this guy just sits. Like it's it's worse than Jamin Davis out of Kentucky a couple years ago. Yeah, Papo's twenty two, turning twenty three in the month of September. He's a two time team captain, just the fourth in school history. He's a four year starter. He was the Mike at Auburn. Now here's at least the theory, and it's a it's a stretch, Bobby. 
It's a stretch, but we're optimists here, right? The Mike needs to process things, right? They're, they're the Mike linebacker, they're the leader, they're the captain of the defense, right? They need to process things. I think Papo, just because of his natural uh, athleticism, is a will in the NFL. Join the party of all the guys that are, you know, weak side backers, where you're basically just going to tell them, don't think about it, don't hesitate. Attack this hole, attack this gap. Does that maybe help out him help him out a little bit? Yeah, it does. But he's at you still gotta read what teams are doing. And as, as yeah. defenses are getting lighter, offenses are gonna start throwing some more counter and, and pulling guys at you and running more gap stuff. We saw the Giants get like I'm telling you, NFL teams are the NFL is cyclical, man. Like the way these defenses move, where it's like the too high stuff right now is huge. Teams are playing lighter. Well, offenses are going to start running the rock on these cats. And and throwing, that's why the Eagles had so much dance success. And you're going to need to get guys on the field. You're going to need to work back to single safety and have every gap accounted for pre-snap. Um, so, But you're going to have to – like you got to process. So it's like as great as he is in coverage, all this athletic ability, uh, like you got to have – like he makes Trenton Simpson look like Jack Campbell. Um you know, so that's why it's like I view him as a fourth round, fourth round, fifth round guy. Like he's got all the athletic ability in the world, but it's like you got to. He doesn't play like in the run game. He just doesn't play football. He just basically sits there and watches everything show up to him. And blocker is if you're an offensive lineman and you were looking at all eight of these guys, including the next guy who's the lowest rated. It's which one's the easiest to block? Physically, other guys maybe. In football, Papo is the easiest one to block because he's not going to move. You've got a right. basically a stationary target. Moving at the snap of the football is important in football. Bam, analysis. All right, last on this list. I took this guy in the seventh round of uh, our draft month mock draft. Coaching connection, Justin. Yep. Because this staff isn't full of college coaches like it was with Joe Judge. There haven't been a ton of these. Coach John Agorigru, Coach Eggs, the linebacker coach for the Giants, coached this guy at Vanderbilt, and that is Anthony Orji, the linebacker out of Vandy. 6'1", 230, so another small guy. I'm, I'm tired of saying it. Uh, had over 100 tackles this last year, 6.5 tackles for a loss. He is a smaller but aggressive linebacker who likes to get downhill. Um, his, seat, his speed is solid. What's up, truck? But it's best in you know short area situations where he's got that good, uh, good burst, um, quick downhill trigger. Like this is a round six, round seven guy. I would love to take a shot on Justin. Will you be buying Anthony Orgy's jersey if he is drafted to the Giants, and will you wear a shirt that says Orgy on it? If he starts the game and has like a take Crowder like moment we'll make a shirt like that and i'll wear that's that's a tough name um do you think we could just make shirts that say orgy on it with the g and say it's he spells it with a j right yeah he doesn't spell it like that that's his name i think we should make shirts that just says orgy on it orgy orgy gang you can't make shirts for seventh round picks that you expect to sell more than 10 of um unless it I'll, turns into a star i um, will buy 10 of them Let's talk about him as a player. Uh, again, he is an aggressive player. Uh, 
and that nature but the aggressive nature will get him out of place and if a block gets to him with that's well angled like taking up a block straight up he's not bad but if there's angled blocks um he'll get blown up by them like he will he will get just washed out of the play um and so obviously there's some issues there he's, for a guy who's 6'1 230 he's not the best athlete in the world you know ran a 4 feet 5 3 40 which isn't bad but three cone drill and shuttle like let's see where he ranked in these um three cone drill he ranked well second because only five guys freaking ran it Mm. um i'm so sick of people not testing at the combine he had the worst short shuttle out of all the linebackers with the 4-4-3 like that's a you know offensive lineman can run close to that um but again, I think he does move pretty well. He's like a lot of these other guys. Like he knows how to dip and, and slip these blocks pretty well. Um, another guy who in man coverage will get beat with bad angles to the flats, but in zone, like I think he's got a good feel for you know uh, IDing IDing what the concepts that they're trying to run. But again, this is a guy who's going to go on day three, sixth, seventh round pick. There is a connection to the coaching staff. They know what he's. Uh, about so like you have the insight on him he's a guy i'd like to pick and that's why i took him in the seventh round of our of my mock draft in the beginning of the month if he goes undrafted he is the first name that i will be circling as the guy that we will pick up because you have a lot of linebackers who kind of fit this mold like will will he (laughs) i mean I, i have him as a seventh rounder you know, and I've seen other people have him as like a, a fifth to sixth. I think he, I think he goes in the seventh because again, he's not, he's not, he's not going to have the athletic testing that you love paired with the size, paired with the playing style. I think that's where it, where he's going to go like late sixth, seventh round. Um, but again, I, I, I like Anthony, and you have the coaching connection there. So that's an episode. We'll be back on Wednesday. Interior offensive line interior offensive line a lot of guys we got to talk about um and this is a position that i think people will be pissed off about if we don't take one of these guys in the first three rounds um especially i mean the giants don't have a center so we'll be we'll be talking centers baby the same can be talking giants can be talking centers so we'll see you on wednesday three episodes this week we appreciate you we'll see you then until then let's go big blue